Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus, though, this morning? Oh, come on, you can do a little better than that. If you love the Lord this morning, come on and put your hands together in this place. Just for a little bit, y'all have to excuse me. I'm a church of God in Christ, Pentecostal, preaching preacher, and I just love praising God. Hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah in here? Oh, glory, 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 glory. Are y'all excited this morning? I'm excited to be here. First, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life, to Pastor Felshaw for this great opportunity. This is like a dream. This morning, I feel like I've been catapulted. I'm going to try not to cry because I'm a Southeast Texas kid. And I remember back in the day, before I went to school every morning, it was a preacher that came on the TV. Y'all may know him just a little bit. Uh, Yeah, there you go. And I couldn't remember everything that he may have preached about in those times in my life. But one of the things I remember him saying every morning, right before, is how I knew it was time to go to school. He said, have a good day all day, my friend. And I remember leaving the house so many times after hearing him say that. And to be in this place where so many great preachers have been and so many wonderful saints of God. And I just thank God for this opportunity. And I'm humbly standing before you this morning. God has something for us. Are y'all ready for it? No, come on. Are you ready for it? That's what I'm talking about. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we just thank you this morning. We love you because you're amazing. Your grace and your mercy, Father, are new every morning. And we just want to thank you. As I look at my life, Father, I am reminded of all that you've done for me. How many ways that you made, how many doors that you opened, how many dangers you kept me from, dangers as the old saints used to say, seen and unseen. Thank you for your hand of protection on us, Father. Thank you for your love that is renewed every morning. Father, we thank you. Can somebody say thank you? Father, in this this moment, Father, as we come to you, we break open your word this morning. I pray that you use me as your vessel. Say something through me. Let it not be me, but let it be you. Let your word go and water the hearts of your people. It will not return unto you void. It will accomplish that thing that you send it to do. You sent a word this morning for somebody. You sent a word for me. Father, let it accomplish its work in us this morning. And we'll give you all the glory and praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. One more time, can you put your hands together for God? Oh, come on, if you're really excited, come on and clap those hands. I do this at my school, so I'm going to do it here too. Can you just give me about 10 seconds of just putting those hands together? Come on, just clap your hands in this place if you know God has been good. If you have fingers on the end of those arms, if you have the activity of your limbs, if you walked in here this morning, even if you rolled in here this morning, if you can 
do this that means that you have the breath of God in your lungs and he is worthy of all the praise he's worthy of all the glory he's worthy of all the honor and father we thank you Woo! thank you this morning it's so amazing hallelujah you may be seated I get animated like that from time to time I may get a little animated once I stop shaking up here <laughs> and allow the Lord to just work in us this morning. It's an amazing thing, and we're going to go to the Scripture. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read a little bit, and then I'm going to get into the message. 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians, sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm going to read, and it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part. Can somebody say we know in part? And we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, can somebody say when completeness comes? What is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then, somebody say, but then, I added that. But then, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. I would like to use for Subject this morning, now I know. Can you repeat after me and say that? Say, now I know. Now I know. One more time, can you say it? Now I, know. now I know. It's an amazing thing to know. To come to some sense of understanding. I love how the scripture, and Paul is writing this beautiful synopsis about love. And he's talking about love as he goes down this list. He says, you know, I can have a lot of stuff in my life 
I can even be really spiritual and I can be really in tune and I can do amazing things, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. And it's amazing how as he's walking through this revelation of love, that he gets down to the end and he begins to understand something. I think love brought him to a revelation. Love brought him to an understanding. And one of the things that loved helped him to understand was that he didn't know everything. <laughs> love brought him to a place where in his discourse, he said, I can have all of these things in my life and I can still be empty. I can go down list, be on list, and I can still not have the thing that my heart longs for. And it's amazing how we can walk through life, ladies and gentlemen, and we think we have it all, but then there's something inside of us that begins to let us know that something is missing. There's something that you need, something that you require. And as Paul was preaching this message, he understood that he lacked something, but love helped him to understand that you will not always be in lack. You will not always not have an understanding. Because as love does not seek its own, one of the things that love will do is give to you what you need. Love will share with you out of its abundance and its resources, and it will give you exactly what you need. And we try to figure it out in our lives, and I've lived a life like that. I remember some points in time in my life my brother, when I tried to figure it out for myself. I remember a time in my life when I was in college, I was down at the campus of Prairie View A&M University. <laughs> and as a young boy growing up in Sealsby, Texas, I lived in a neighborhood on 405 South 15th Street. And it was an interesting thing because Right there next to my house, now I know in Beaumont or maybe where you're from, they, they, they don't have any trails. In Sealsby, they have trails. We're in the country. And it was this trail that ran right by the side of our house. And this trail, it stayed hot all the time. Drug dealers came through. Crackheads came through. Pimps came through. Children came through. We played in this little driveway with our Tonka uh, toys and trucks and stuff and played in the dirt, played basketball, and all kind of people came through there. But one day, I was there, and there was a young lady that had overdosed and was high on crack. And she could barely make it through the alley. She fell down on, in the dirt, and I remember seeing her, and she was struggling trying to get up and get on her feet, but the drugs had just taken over her life. And I remember as a kid looking at that young lady and saying to myself, that'll never be me. 
said, I'll never put that stuff in my system. I'll never do the things like that. I'll never be caught that high. I'll never be in that situation in my life. But fast forward about 15 years from that time, I was probably about 12 or 13. Well, it wouldn't be 15 years. It would be five years, right? <laughs> my math was off a little bit. But I graduated and I went to uh, Prairie View and one night I was out partying and somebody said, take this cocaine. And I remember taking that cocaine and the preacher's kid, the kid who said that that would never be me, the kid who saw this young lady in the alley, the, the kid who said to himself, it'll never be me. I found myself on the back of a toilet seat smoking lines of cocaine. And I remember that night so vividly, y'all, it's just my testimony. I remember that night so vividly when I was trying to reach for things to put in my life. I was trying to fill my life with some pleasures. I was attempting to add something to my life that I thought was necessary. But in the middle of the night, I started hearing a voice. And at first, it wasn't a good voice. It was screaming. It was torture. It was... It scared me out of my bed and I ran out into the middle of the street. And when I got there in the middle of the street, I remember I fell down on my knees and when I was there on my knees, I heard a voice again outside of the voices that were afraid, outside of the voice that was scaring me, outside of the voice that was telling me I was nothing. I heard a voice that says, you are mine. I heard a voice that said, come up from here. I heard a voice that says, I will not allow the darkness to consume you. I have a work for you. I have something for you to do. And you know, I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't at an altar. I wasn't in a church. I was in the street. But how many of you know that God will come and meet you in the street? How many of you know God will come and meet you in the ditches of your life and in the dark spaces of your life? Oh, we serve a God that knows all of the dark places and there's no place too dark for him to come and rescue you from. He rescued me and brought me into a place inside of him to help me understand something about God, about him. And that day when I got up off of that pavement, that day when I walked away from that, I knew something about God. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he was looking at my life. I knew that he had a purpose for me. I knew he had a destiny for me. I knew I had a future in him. I knew I had a hope in him. I knew I had a glory in him. And I said to myself, now I know. Oh, man. Because in some other parts of my life, the only thing that I had to reference is what somebody else told me. Has anybody ever been there? Anybody ever have an old grandma that prayed for you? And she would tell you about God. Oh, but it's something even better. When you get to experience him for yourself. Man, 
Oh, it's something wonderful when you can take the God that your grandma talked about, when you can find the God that the preacher preached, that the deacon taught, that the people talked about in Sunday school, and one day he walks through your door and he grabs your life and says, now you know. There are some things in my life that at one point, like the writer was saying, I didn't know. Some things that caused me to be incomplete. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I know God sent me by here to tell somebody that God wants you to know him. Uh, I, I came by to tell you this morning that I know you've been through some tough times and I know you've been through some things in your life and I know things have seemed crazy when on the outside everything looks good but on the inside stuff is out of order. On the inside stuff is, is troubling. On the inside we need God. Now I come to tell you this morning that you can find him and then you can say now I know. Now I know that God is a deliverer. Now I know that he's a lifter of my head. Now I know that he can forgive a young man who was doing wrong. Now I know, somebody say now I know. How many of you know this morning that now you know that God can bring you out of a tough time? Now you know that God can heal you when your body is infirmed. You can know, somebody said now I know. Now I know when my life was shackled, my life was limited, God came in and he broke the chains. Now I know that God is a chain breaker. Now I know that God is a deliverer. Now I know that God is a healer. Now I know that God loves me. Somebody say, now I know. Oh, I'm amazed at the fact of how much God can teach me and what he said to me and how he's helped me because now I can give a testimony about God. I can give a testimony to his faithfulness. I can give a testimony to his love. I can give a testimony that God will stick with you. He's closer than any brother. God loves me all the way to the end of the world. I told somebody the other day, I don't care how smart they are, how many degrees they have, where they come from, and what their pedigree is. You can be smarter than me than in a whole bunch of stuff, but there's one thing you can't convince me of, and that's that God doesn't love me. I don't care what you say and who you are God loves me you know why because he showed me his love when he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross and he did it when I was still in my sin and my shame I preach it he didn't wait for me to get better he didn't wait for me to get it right he didn't wait for me to clean up myself. Oh, I love how the scripture says that when I was yet in my sin, Christ died for the ungodly. When I was looking for hope and didn't know where to go, Jesus got on that cross and he bore those nails. He bore that crown of thorn on his head. He was striped to his back was open and the blood went down his body. How many of y'all know the blood is real? How many of you know that Jesus is real? And then when he comes into your life, he can do something amazing. Somebody say, now I know. We have to give thanks to God for what he's 
allowed us to know. I know that God can do amazing things. Yes, Father. In the introduction, Pastor Jason talked a little bit about working with America's team. Let me tell you a little bit about that story. And I have three things and I'm going to get out your way. Hallelujah. When God came into my heart, he changed me. And when I was a student there at Prairie View, I didn't know what I was going to do with myself when I was about to graduate from high school, from Sealsville. I bring it all together. I had no idea. But I was introduced to a field of athletic training in sports medicine. I was a pretty good athlete there in Seals, but wasn't recruited and all of that stuff. We're in Southeast Texas, there's some big old football players and I wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How the fathers used to come out to the football practice, of, you know, and stand there on the fence and at my bar out there. My dad was like, no, I don't know that kid, man. <laughs> I wasn't that good. And when it came time for me to graduate, I didn't have any recruits. I didn't know where my life was going. I was trying to figure it out. God had a plan for me. Hooked me up with my trainer. He said, hey, listen, you're pretty good in biology and anatomy. You're doing good in those classes. I know you love sports. You should entertain being an athletic trainer. And I said, all right, cool. I didn't have anything planned anyway, so I guess I'll do this. <laughs> well, when I got to college, I got really good at it. I started working every day, every day, every day, learning the body, learning the anatomy, learning the physiology, learning all of those terms and those phrases. I was good with the athlete. I was good with the people. And the athletes liked me. And I went on for some time. Two years I was developing. Two years I was building. And then one day, my trainer came in and he told me, he said, listen, somebody's on the phone for you. And I was like, man, what's, I don't know, who is this? I'm busy. He said, no, you need to come answer this call. And when I got on the phone, on the other end of the line, this is the expedited uh, version of this story, there was a guy by the name of Jim Maurer. Well, if you're looking at football on some Sunday, you may see Jim Maurer on the sideline for the Dallas Cowboys. I entered into an internship program. Man. I was in an internship program where they took college students and gave them a summer job with the Dallas Cowboys, with NFL teams. And I got accepted. Y'all don't hear me on this. Listen, I'm from Sealsby, Texas. 30 minutes down the road, 7,000 people in the city, five red lights. <laughs> But God took a little old boy from a little old town and when I looked around one day, ma'am, I was flying around the country with Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin and I even got the chance to go into the office and meet old Jerry. Shook his hand in his office. No, y'all didn't hear me, man. Y'all, I'm telling you, I, 
Somebody said, I ain't, I ain't trying to impress you. I'm just trying to impress upon you that God can take you from wherever you are in your life and he can bring you to a spot so that he can get the glory out of your life so that you can tell somebody, now I know. Somebody say, now I know. Mm-hmm. And I began to know. I began to know that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. He can do more. Somebody say, now I know. <laughs> Somebody say it one more time. You need to say it. Say, now I know. Listen, y'all, this is a testimony. This is just a way of saying, because I know somebody in here knows God as a supernatural God. When things were hard for you and when things didn't work out the way that you wanted them to, you went down on your knees in prayer. In some way, the situation changed. You tried to put your hand to it and every time it failed. But when you went to God and you said, God, help me. God, deliver me. God, set me free. God, heal my marriage. Lord, bless my family. Lord, save my children. And you turn around one day and you're walking down the dusty street streets of Sealsby, Texas and the next day you're hanging with the champions. The next day you're doing something that most people just dream about. The next day you're living a life that nobody can even explain. I live a life of peace and happiness because God did something for me. Somebody say now I know. I hadn't always been perfect. Hadn't always done the right thing. But how many of y'all know that God will forgive you how many of you know God will look at your sins that are as scarlet and he will make them white as snow? How many of you know? Now you can say, now I know. You say, now I know. Yeah, I did some crazy stuff, but God lifted me up out of the mire. He brought me out of the clay. He lifted me from the pit and now I know that he's gracious. Now I know that he's good. He's good. Man, I know he's good. How many of y'all know he's good in here this morning? If you know he's good, I need you to scream, now I know. You got to know. My daddy used to say, you got to know what you know. <laughs> know now but here's the confidence I have three things I want to help you understand somebody say now I know because when you know something there's no greater empowerment than knowing Proverbs in so many ways the proverb is written, and he says, above all things, get an understanding. He says, in another way, in all that you do, get an understanding. He says, when you go to the left or the right, get an understanding. There's something tremendous about 
knowing and the confidence that it brings to your life. There's something tremendous about understanding or coming to an understanding that there was something that I didn't know before, but now I know it. Because how many of you know when you get the no inside of you, nobody can take the no away from you? Oh, there you go, sister. Nobody can take that knowledge away from you. Nobody can take the confidence that comes from your understanding away from you. It's actually so secure in you that it takes a downright lie to get true knowledge out of you. Oh, that's a good revelation right there. That's why the scripture says, know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth will deliver you. There's a whole bunch of stuff in this world to know, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. That's a whole bunch of stuff that I can entertain my intellect with. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of knowledge out here that's empty these days. There's a lot of stuff out here that's frivolous. There's a lot of stuff out here that doesn't make sense. And we're giving attention to the stuff. But let me tell you, saints of God, put yourself in a position to know the truth. Because when I know the truth, the truth makes me free. It doesn't set me free. It makes me free. Ah. It doesn't set me free. It makes me free. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I, I feel that in me somewhere. Because if it sets me free, that just means that the door has been opened and that I'm just set free. And if the door is still there, then that means there's a potential for it to be closed again. Oh, man. But if I'm made free, ah, if my freedom is purchased, if my freedom is secure, if my freedom is thorough, the truth makes me free. Somebody say the truth makes me free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on and clap your hands right there. Man. Listen, there are three things that hopefully that you have some notes and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly. When you come to know and you know you know, one of the things, one of the empowerments that comes from knowing, I want you to write this down, is that you can stand up. Everybody say stand up. Hallelujah. To stand up means to have a direct confrontation. It calls on courage. It means that you're loyal and combative. You stand up. And I love the scripture over in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 in the message version. And it says, stand up for me against the world and I will stand up for you before my Father in heaven. Somebody say, now I know. Now I know that if I stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ, whoo, that if I stand up for the goodness of God, if I stand up for his truth in a dark world, that if I say that Jesus is Lord and there is no other beside him, if I say that he is the lily of the valley, if I say that he's the bright and morning star, if I say that he's salvation and deliverance, 
if I stand up for Jesus when others oppress me, when I stand up for the truth, when others try to say it's not true, when people try to deny Jesus, how many people do I have that love Jesus that's willing to stand up and say, I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care if you want to argue with me. You may want to talk about Jesus and talk about being a Christian, but let me tell you something, baby. I'm a Christian. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is on my side, and he's coming back to redeem his people. Somebody say, now I know. Stand up. When I know something, I can stand up for it. Woo! When I know it deep in my heart, I'll stand up for it. That's why I don't condemn people. I don't look at people in what situation they're in. Because I was in a situation. Ain't no room for judgment in life. Ain't no room. I love how Jesus said it. He that is without sin, you cast the first stone. Walking around here. <laughs> he said walking around here looking at other people that have splinters in their eyes. But then you go walk in front of the mirror and you have a two by four sticking out of yours. Oh, two by six. <laughs> Just hanging out the side of your eye. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> but then we'll be fast to look at somebody else with, with that little alcohol problem or that little drug addiction. Oh man, uh, and we'll be fast to say, Oh, you should be doing better. Well, you know what? You're right. They should be doing better. Why don't you grab them by the hand and lead them to a man that was with you when you were drunk, that was with you when you were on drugs, that was with you when you were by yourself. You should just grab that baby by the hand and say, let, let me introduce you to somebody because when I was over here, I needed to know this dude and this dude got me out of trouble. This dude delivered me. This dude did it. Somebody say, this dude did it. Wouldn't you stand up for somebody who did something good for you? Oh, man. Wouldn't you go to battle for somebody who was on your side? Wouldn't you have confidence in somebody who got you out of a hard spot? How many of y'all have ever had a friend that did a real solid for you? Some good old favor, man. Oh, amen. Just a good solid. Like, I don't want anything from you. You don't even have to pay me back. He said, I'm doing it because I love you. I'm doing it because you're my friend. And how many of y'all know, man, the word of God is amazing. How many of you know Jesus said, there is no other friend like me. He said, I'm a friend that can stick closer than a brother. I'm a friend that will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm a friend that will lay down my life for you. Somebody say, now I know. When I have the confidence, I can stand up. Somebody say, stand up. Yeah. Woo, some good preaching, y'all. Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The second thing that I can do when I know and I have the confidence of knowing is that I can stand out. Somebody say, stand out. Yeah. Stand out in the personage of a noun is a person or a thing of exceptional ability or high quality. Woo. It's exceptionally good. Somebody say exceptional. Mm-hmm. The scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says this. Therefore, come out from them 
and be separate, says the Lord. Somebody say, stand out. Oh, I love that scripture because somebody needs to come out from among them this morning. Somebody needs to come out from among them this morning. Who are the them that you're talking about? Listen, baby, I don't have time to talk about people, but sometimes we got to come out of situations. We got to come out of moments in our life where we're living beneath our potential. We got to come out of some low thinking. We got to come out of some desperation. We got to come out of depression. We got to come out in low self-esteem. We got to come out from among them. Get away from the non-dreamers. Oh, I wish I could preach it. Get away from the non-dreamers. Get away from those people who are low level in their thinking. Get away from those situations that don't bring the best out of you. Get away from those places and those people that don't have the vision of God that God has given you from your life. Get away from those people that can't support you. Get away from those folks that don't have anything good to say about you. Oh, I remember when I had to leave my roommates when I wanted something good for my life. We were in that dorm room smoking weed every day. We were in that dorm room doing drugs every day. But when God came into my life and he said, oh, I got something for you, brother. He said, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of this weed smoke. You got to get out of this drunkenness. You got to be sober. You got to get somewhere where I can bless you. And he said, come out from them because you are not like them. Somebody point to yourself and say, I'm exceptional. Oh, you better point to yourself and say, I'm exceptional. I'm exceptional. I'm exceptionally good. Woo! I'm amazingly good because the greater one is in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No tongue that rises to condemn me will be able to say anything about me. I know if I open my coat, I know if, if I show yourself, got some stab wounds on the side, Anybody got some stab wounds? Some physically, yeah. Probably in the back, like, yeah, man, I got stabbed last week. No, I'm <laughs> How many of you got some scars? Oh, man. Yeah. Especially around your heart. There's some scars. Yeah. Some places where your heart's been broken. A little scar tissue around there. People try, you know, if I lift up my legs, my pant leg, you can see there's some places where I bump my knees, where I hit my shin, where I stump my toe. My knees are ashy, for real, because I didn't put no lotion on this morning. But but my knees got a little callus on them because of every time that I've fallen. But how many of you know Once you get away from people that are destructive, once you come out from among them, now the ash on your knees starts to have different meaning because now when I fall, I fall on my knees. Now when I need help, I go down. Now when my heart is hurting, I can pray. Now when I need something, I go down on my knees and I'll say, Father, help me. He makes me exceptional. I love how the scripture says, In Hebrews, he said, Jesus was given a name 
far greater than his brethren. He was given an identity that superseded everything that anybody had ever seen. I love how in 1 John, my brother, the, the letter starts out. He says, we write to you, my brothers and my sisters, to tell you of what we've seen, to tell you of what we heard over in 1 John, the first chapter. He opens up by telling them, I'm not telling you a fable. I'm not telling you a story. He says, we held him with our own hands. We looked upon him. We handled him. We handled the word of life, the very essence of God. There was none other like him. How many of y'all know there's nobody like Jesus? There's nobody like my savior. There's nobody like my deliverer. How can you be exceptional? Because Jesus is exceptional. How can you be wonderful? Because Jesus is wonderful. How can you be great? Because Jesus is great. Somebody say I'm exceptional. Now I know that. And I can stand out. Somebody say stand out. Yeah. Woo, brother. My last point. If I know, if I know, I have the confidence to stand up. Somebody say stand up. Yeah. If I know, now I have the confidence to stand out. Somebody say stand out. Yeah. I wish I had some young people in here. This is a part of the message for them. I can't get away from this because I love telling parents, go home and tell your kids what this message is. He say, tell them that little boy from Sealsby, Texas was talking about standing out. He was talking about being different. He was talking about walking his own path. He was talking about seeking ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Quit being normal. Quit being regular. Oh man, quit just walking around with the crowd. Quit following the line. Step out out of the line and go a different direction. Walk another walk. Walk. Get you a different stride. Get you some pep in your step. I used to walk with my head down low, but now that I have confidence, I walk in a room. I'm like, Somebody needs to walk like this. Maybe you just need to wake up. Maybe you just need to get up. I don't know if you want to sit in your seat, but you need to change your walk. You've been looking at yourself a certain way, but let me tell you, baby, I came to tell you that Jesus made you exceptional, and you need to put a little, little gimp. You need to put some confidence in your stride, man. You need to walk around with your head up, man. Get you a cool stroll. Somebody say, oh, man, you're just putting on. No, nah, baby, I ain't putting on because I used to walk like this. How many of y'all need to, used to walk like that? Yeah, you used to think about your sins. You used to think about the times you messed up. You used to think about the times you got it wrong. But listen, here's my confidence. Here's my confidence. Because the word of God says, cast all your care on me. Cast all your defeats on me. Cast all of your worries on me. Cast all of the things on me that was getting you down. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Somebody say, give it to Jesus. 
Last point. Once I know I can stand out, once I know I can stand up, and this is the one that I like, how did I know I can stand firm? Mm-hmm. I love the scripture over Ephesians. Can I read it just a little bit before I go? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says there, Therefore, mm-hmm, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, what a musician that. I'm a keyboard player. Is he around here somewhere? Tell him to come on. For to wrap this up. He says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. How many of y'all know we're in the day of evil? Hold on one second. I may want you to do some church of God in Christ something. You may have to turn it over to a ham and organ or something. I'm messing with you. I ain't ready to worship right now. I'm really ready to shout and run around this place because now I know. Somebody say, now I know. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hallelujah. (laughs) He says, when the day of evil comes, that you'll be able to stand your ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. And it says, after you have done everything to stand. Woo, how many say, is somebody in here? I know I'm talking to somebody. Is somebody in here who think you've done everything that you can? If you, you've come to the end of your limits, you, you've come to the end of your rope, you, you've paid enough money for it and it didn't get better. You've waited long for it and it never came. But baby, let me tell you this morning, stand your ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. Oh, it's working out. The scripture says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Oh, just stand in there just a little bit. Just hang on in there just a little bit. I know it's been tough. I know it's been rough. I know it's been crazy. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy season. It's been a crazy time. I know things seem like they're not going your way. But hold on, baby. Help is on the way. Hold on just a little bit longer. Don't give up, baby. Stand your ground. Somebody say, stand your ground. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to stand in this day. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to be weary. I pray a supernatural double portion of breath and stamina that you can get on in there a little bit longer. Leave this church today and go back to your house and fight. Go back to that situation and fight. Go back to that time and fight. Go back to that husband and fight. Go back to that family and fight. Fight, 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 fight. Somebody say, stand firm. He says here, in the evil day, stand your ground. He says, after you've done everything to stand, then he says, stand firm. Hallelujah. I remember when I couldn't stand firm. I love the scripture talking to me. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. How many of y'all know the belt of truth will keep your pants up? Literally. The belt of truth will cover up the scars that's down there on your legs. The belt of truth will keep your trousers up so you can walk. The belt of truth, truth will set me free. Truth will stabilize me. Truth can cover me. I know it look ugly under there, but I have a belt on and God is keeping me covered. Somebody say he's keeping me covered. Hallelujah. 
He says, stand with the truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Then he says, in addition to all of this, ooh, ain't that something? Then he says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, hallelujah, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many of y'all have got some arrows shot at you? How many of you got some flaming arrows shot at you? Not no regular arrows. It's arrows with fire on the end of them. If it ain't bad enough to get punctured by the arrow, I got to get burnt at the same time. It ain't enough for you to talk about me when I'm down. You got to step on my back too. Let me tell you something. It ain't enough for you to get get over what I did. You got to constantly remind me of it. How many of y'all ever been shot with some arrows? Oh, but let me tell you. I like standing firm because when I put up that shield, I don't care what you're throwing at me. I don't care what you're trying to say about me. I don't care what you're trying to, this shield, I can take it around. And you may try to shoot me, I'm going to go just like that. And it's going to go and it's going to ricochet off of me. How many of y'all know that God will protect you? Come on and put your hands together right there. Hallelujah. Then he says, take up the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to my seat on this one. But I just came out here to tell you that now that I know, I can stand up. Somebody say, stand up. Somebody say, stand up. I'll say it again. Say, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I can stand up. And baby, let me tell you something. Now that I know, I can stand out. I can come from among them. I can be different. I can be fearfully and wonderfully made. I can walk out my purpose and destiny. I can be uniquely who God made me to be. I don't have to try to be like anybody else. I heard a little poem the other day. It says, if somebody else can do it, you can too. Don't be the next of them. Be the first of you. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that God wants to make you the first of something new. I remember being in Sealsby, Texas. I was the first one to go to college in my family. And look what happened when I was able to get out on my own. Look what happened when I was able to be who God made me to be. Look what happened when God came into my life. So I say it to you. If somebody else can do it, you can too. Don't be the next Chris. Be the first of you. Come on and put your hands together. Come on. Can you just bless him right there? Listen. Man, I really feel like preaching this thing. But I'm, I'm, we're going to go. We're going to get out of here. I ain't going to start a whole other message. I just want you to know this morning. Walk away from here this morning. If you never hear me again, never see me again. Take value in what you've come to know about God. Because all of us, the scripture says at one time we were aliens separated from the promises of God. We were ostracized. We really, there was really no reason for us to participate in anything that God offered. Oh, before Chris, before Chris, Chris, before you get self-righteous, you got to understand that all that God gave, I didn't deserve it. All that he sent my way, I did nothing for it. 
that he offered me, I had not enough money to buy it. How I many of you know the scripture in Isaiah when it says, he purchased our peace. He bore upon himself the stripes of our transgressions, the chastisement and the punishment that was due for my peace did not require not one thing from you to get it. Didn't ask if you had enough money to pay it. Didn't ask if you were smart enough to even conceive it and understand it. But what he did say is that I come to lay my life down for you. And by laying down his life, ladies and gentlemen, he paid it all. I love that old song, and I'm not going to try to sing it. It's an old hymn that I think that is universal across every denomination. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. But you know what? It said he washed me. How many of y'all been washed this morning? He washed me and made me white as snow. Isn't that amazing? But in this moment, I feel this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know the prayer warriors are here. And maybe, maybe this morning you hadn't experienced that same washing. Maybe this morning you're going through life. Why didn't y'all tell me I look like this? Maybe this morning you're going through life and you don't know. You don't know for yourself that Jesus is a forgiver. You don't know for yourself that he's a deliverer. You don't know for yourself that he's a healer. You don't know for yourself that he can wash you. He can put you in a different place in your life. And even if you've come to allow him to be your Lord and Savior, listen, every day, how many of y'all know the mercies are new every morning? Y'all know that scripture? You know why the mercies are new every morning? Because you're subject to do something stupid every morning. <laughs> come on, just let that sink in. Yeah, you're subject to wake up and do something stupid. So God says, just in case, brother, <laughs> just in case, sister, that you shoot your own self in the foot, not even considering Satan, not even worried about him, <laughs> worried about you. There's a new mercy. Somebody, somebody say it's a new mercy. Somebody needs to be forgiven this morning. Somebody needs to be set free. Somebody needs to walk into a new place in your life. Maybe you're not standing up for the gospel. Maybe you're not standing out. It's time for you to be exceptional. It's time for you to win. How many of y'all know it's time for you to win? Oh, man. Oh, I feel that right there. I'm sorry, y'all, for preaching so long. I remember waking up one day, sister, and I, I got tired of losing. Has anybody ever been tired of losing? Every time you turn around, it just seems like you can't get your traction, like you can't get your footing. 
And I remember waking up one day, I said, Lord, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of losing, man. I remember I won a race a long time ago. And it's the first time that I won anything. Gave me an understanding. Everybody doesn't have a trophy on their mantle. I bet if we look around the room, I bet there's less than 40% of us in here who have a trophy sitting somewhere in your house that you won. Winning is an anomaly sometimes. A lot of people don't get to experience it. But Jesus came and he allowed us all to win in him. He overcame the grave. He led captivity captive. He took away the voice of judgment so that as he rose from the grave on that third day, I love how the scripture says, with all power in his hand. And I'm telling you this morning, you may not have a trophy on your mantle place, on your shelf in your house, but I love the scripture again, how it says, up in heaven, in the place of the Lord, there's a crown of righteousness for me. There's a name that is designated for me. Jesus says, I go and I prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. He say, I go and I prepare this place for you so that where I am, you will be also. Then look at the confidence he said, if it were not so, I wouldn't have never told you. So somebody in here needs to know with confidence that God is on your side. He's here to deliver you. He's here to set you free. I don't know how you may normally do this, but I just got to go how the Lord lets me to do it. And I don't know, I'm not going to belabor the moment and pray for you alone, but I just need, the scripture says, if you want anything from God, if you says, if you will acknowledge God before men, he said, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. So I don't know if you have just a moment to do this with the act of faith. You're saying, Brother Chris, I came I, and I totally understand what you said. My heart is being tugged and pulled this morning. Now I know I've lived life in ignorance too long. I've lived life beneath my privilege too long. I hadn't stepped out on anything. I got dreams and aspirations, and I hadn't put one hand to it. But because of this word, I am going to be brave because now I know that God can take a man that didn't have anything and can give him everything. How many of y'all know this morning that God is calling you? And if you just believe that, I need you to run down to this altar. I need you to just stand there in your own power. I need you to understand that God is calling you to step out He's calling you to step up and he's calling you to stand firm. Stand out, stand up, stand firm. Stand out, stand up, stand firm. Come on, all over the building. They're coming, they're coming. Can you put your hands together? This is your praise. This is your moment. This is your time to stand up for something. Stand out and be different. Stand firm on your faith. Stand firm on your dream and what God has called you to do to be the best version of yourself. See, it's in moments like this, it's not a whole bunch of hand laying because what you're bringing to God this morning is your heart. At one point in my life, I doubted God. I lived a life of doubt and worry. 
But God came to me. He helped me. And now I know that if I cry out to the Lord, now I know if I lift my head, lift my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help because all of my help comes from the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord who put all things in order. The Lord who brought us from a mighty long way, my man. The Lord who is still doing amazing and marvelous things. God who is still working miracles. God who is still changing lives. God who is still delivering. God who is still setting free. God who is still mending the brokenhearted. God who is still bringing men out of the darkness and into the light. God is still doing amazing things. God is doing a work in you right now. He's changing your life, changing your mind, changing your heart, changing your season. It's your time to win. I want to say something positive to you because sometimes it feels like nobody's saying something positive to you. You're amazing. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. Don't ever look at yourself like you're lower. Don't ever look at yourself like you're beneath because you're made in the likeness and the image of God and no devil in hell can change that. No demon from the pit of darkness can take that away from you. God made you to be who you are. He knows you. He fashioned and formed you for a purpose. You can do it. You can rise up. You can become what God has called you to be. You know why? Because he did it for me. God says I'm not a respecter of person. What I do for one man, I'll do for the other. What I do for one person, I'll do it for you. I will lift you up give you a hope in the future father God we're here at this altar we're worshiping you and we're taking time because you took time to deal with me took time to bring me out of a pretty dark place you took the time to rescue this little country boy from a life that may have been destitute for destruction gave me a hope gave me a future put me on the path of righteousness yeah sometimes I don't get it right but God is faithful can somebody say he's faithful he's faithful I love what the writer says he did not judge me according to my iniquities my trespasses he did not impute unto me the penalty that actually came. But he declared me not guilty. Can somebody say not guilty? So that I can be a partaker of the blessings of God. Your people are here, Father. They're bringing your heart, their heart, not mine. This is not for me. I can't save anybody. But Father, we come to you so that you can work a work. Let this moment I declare right now to each and every person that's up here and under the sound of my voice. Let this be the day. Mark it in your Bibles, mark it in your mind, mark it in your heart that this is the day I changed. This is the day that I came into contact with God. Now I know. Somebody say, now I know. Oh, if you really believe it all over the house, somebody say, now I know. Oh, just one more time for the Holy Spirit. Then I just want you to put your hands together and give him a praise. Somebody say, now I know. Come on and put those hands together one more time. 
Come on and clap those hands if you know right now. You're leaving this morning with some confidence. You're leaving this morning with a new future. Your destiny is being shaped in this morning. Angels are coming your way to help you and deliver you. If you believe it one more time, if you believe it all over the building, come on and put your hands together and give the Lord a hand praise in this place. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.